We're bringing you all you need to succeed in the real estate business. It's Spilling the LT, brought to you by Lawyer's Title, telling you what it's really like to work in real estate. Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Tamara Gady, and today we're going to talk about teeing things up for the spring 2024 real estate market. But first, if you like my content, you're really going to love my escrow team. So give me an opportunity to talk to you about your title needs. You can reach out to me on any of my social media platforms and let's get a conversation started. Today's guest is a returning guest, Bob Johnson with well, he's Bob Mortgage, let's face it, has been on my podcast um, numerous times. We've partnered together on a lot of video content. I asked him to come back today because I think we've done this before in either end of the year wrap up or a kickoff for the new year kind of podcast where we talk about things that we see that realtors face as challenges in their business, ways to pivot and ways to tee themselves up for success. So welcome back to the show, Bob. Always good to see you. As always, Tamara, I'm happy to be here. Uh, We've been doing this for years, right? And and so it has either been teeing it up for the new year that's approaching or what we're actually supposed to be doing once we're already in that new year. And that's where we are, January 2024. So we got to make sure the the wheels on the bus is uh, pointed in the right direction. So excited to be talking to you. To point them in the right direction. So we all are successful, right? So let's kick off. Um, Why don't we do a little recap of the... I know I already know where you're going with this. I can already tell. <laughs> well, it's more like 2023 was kind of wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting. So when when everything is going so well, you 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 don't really uncover the challenges that you have in your business, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the the holes are, they automatically get plugged, yep. right? Because there's so much business coming in. And what we found in 2023 was there was some leaks in some of our boats. That's right. And we had to decide, is it too many leaks where we had to jump ship or were were we able to um, plug them with either the right client experience, the right um, platform that we're operating within, the right structure, the right loan products. I mean, just everything became more and more exposed, which I, I can't say is a bad thing. I think that's something that we as an industry should be doing even as our our business is plentiful, right? We should be yeah. looking at it the same way, but we tend to just take care of the business at hand and not focus on the future. But I think that's what 2023 gave us. Well, and let's be clear about the market. It really became a more normalized real estate market, right? Oh, yeah. We came off the high of COVID and you yeah. know po- the pan- pandemic and post-pandemic. It was really hard to go back to what a normal real estate market looks like. Mm-hmm. And we had all of these people come in and capitalize on the on the Lower opportunity. Rates, the yes. Right. So we're weeding those people out, mm-hmm. right? We're coming back to the tried and true ways of doing a real estate business. We're coming back to the people that actually know how to operate as a realtor, right? Sure. Not just the onesie twosie kind of people. And they're actually having to reestablish a regular, a normalized real estate market business, correct? Yeah. Well, sure. I mean, the ones that have been in this and we've been in, I've been in it 27 years. I mean, normal is normal. I mean, it is what it it is what it is at that moment. Right. And so if the, if the, if the market is great, interest rates are low, that's a normal market for me. If interest rates are seven and a half or 8%, it's a normal market for me because this is the business that we, we do every day. And we've done it for cycles and years upon years, the agents, the loan officers that have never experienced that all they think normal was, was 
was before. COVID, yeah, right. yeah, the crazy. And, and so they they can't think through what has to happen or what we need to be doing or how we need to be communicating. I mean, our industries were, I, I say ours, from from real estate to, to lending, all we did was talk about how low rates were. Now's the greatest time to buy because rates are so low. Well, what does that set us up for? Failure when rates are high because all yep. we say is, oh my God, rates are so high. You know, and, and now we're starting to do the same thing. We haven't learned because now I see post- Hey, if you ha- if you bought a house two months ago, it's time to refi. We can get rates in the fives. I'm like, well, dude, don't you understand like early payoffs and penalties and what mm-hmm. you're doing to the other mortgage company? You're mm-hmm. not really doing it for the betterment of, of our industry as a whole. You're just trying to take advantage of the client to get them to, to, to refi. So there's so many things that we're we're focused on and looking at. And I think the the buyers are the same way. If you've bought a home, you know. 15, 20 years ago, I mean, and you and you bought it during COVID. You're buying it now because you're you're looking at it a market opportunity, not at a at a rate opportunity because you don't really care about that stuff as well, much. Well, and I had a kind, you know, we can dive into interest rates and kind of yeah. what has happened with them a little bit more. But you know, I had a conversation um, with someone about. I'll, I'll use this as an example. I had a conversation with my trainer about her buying a car, right? Mm-hmm. And she was talking about all of these components to I want X for my trainer. In. I want X for my interest rate. I want to only put X amount down. I, I think that their fees and taxes are too high and blah, blah, blah. And I said, guess what? You only care about two things. How much cash you have to put down, how much cash you have to part with, sure. and how much you have to pay them every month. Mm-hmm. The rest of the stuff you don't care about. You don't care how much you have to, how much they're going to give you for your trade-in. Why do you care about that? Right. So you have to kind of keep in, in mind, um, I think buyers have to keep in mind, and you can correct me, contradict mm-hmm. me uh, if you want to, but I think they have to keep in mind how much they're going to have to bring to close and what they're going to have to pay every month. Why, do they, why does anyone care about the rest of it? If those two things shake out, what does it matter? Yeah, I, I think I think if we're we're looking at it just from that transactional side, correct. Cash, what's the trade I have to make in cash to get the payment that I'm getting, right? I mean, mm-hmm. what's that trade look like? Obviously, we'll go a little bit deeper because now we're looking at ownership cost and you know, what's the right type of loan for that particular type of buyer based for on sure. how long and you're talking portfolio, you yeah, know, the I'm whole picture the bigger structure right, right, of right. it. But yes, if you're just trading and looking at it that way, trade cash for payment, what does that yield look like mm-hmm. and what's the what's the best option? Yeah, you could definitely do it because most people are making their decision off of those two things. What do I have to pay to get the payment that I want? And right? sure, I'm making it really cut and dry, but what you're yeah, doing yeah. is what you're supposed to do because you're you, right? Yeah. You need to look at the whole wealth of the financial portfolio for the buyer, right? The, you the can't just side, look at those things. Side, but right, yeah. Correct. And that's what you need to do for sure. But I'm just, you know, and like I said, I'm becoming a little bit too cut and dry on or <laughs> simplistic on the idea, but you understand what I'm saying. Like uh-huh, everybody absolutely. had all of this, you know, oh my God, I can't buy a house right now because interest rates are too high. I, I, I just think that that mindset is, is the wrong mindset. Well, it's because as an industry, we focused on the wrong thing. Yeah. The rates, the distraction, the market is what we focus on. Right, rates a distraction. It's too high. It's a distraction. Oh, it's too low. It's still a distraction because all you're doing is trying to force people to make a decision to buy, sure. and you're not really educating them on the market and the health of the market and what the decision to purchase in the current market means. Right, whether that is COVID times or it's post-COVID times, like we're in now. Right, what is the what is the decision you're making by purchasing in this market? What kind of impact does that have on you? Right, short term and long term, and that's really the the strategy or the the advisory role that we try to play is helping them understand that decision has has consequences. 
regardless, good, sure. negative, let's make the decision as to why. And then we go from there. Well, and I think the realtors, you know, when you just start shouting out these, you know, whatever the current message is, right. Mm -hmm. There's always a creative product. You're always going to have a creative solution to get buyers in houses. Your goal is to help them our buy industry, a house. Our industry's goal is Correct. that because if we, if we shut down the lending side, we've shut down a lot more than just mortgages. Right. So our industry as a whole, that's why you started to see when, when, uh, when rates started coming up, at, you know, as we we're getting out of COVID, you started to see the two, one buy down the three, two, one, yes. buy down. All those all products, those came, products back. came back. Yes. They, like you said, came back. They've been around. Yes. We just hadn't needed to use them because interest rates were on a slide. Now that interest rates were on an uptick, our industry is like, we got to keep this thing going. Mm -hmm. Right. And what do we do to do that? We come up with creative products to continue to help people get into homes. You know, it's interesting. I uh, read an Inman article where they interviewed Grant Cardone. He's yeah. he's pretty, you know. Oh yeah, I love Grant because yeah. of how outside of the box he is. And he's and, incredibly vocal, yes. of course, about how he feels or thinks about things. Yep. Um, and it was it was something to the effect of the Fed is, you know, single-handedly single shut down the real estate market in 2023. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, I think that is the other thing is we got to take the, the exterior noise. We've got to be very very intentional about educating sellers and buyers about what's going on. And it is kind of an uphill, you're swimming upstream a sure. little bit. Yeah. Or real, I feel like realtors and lenders have had to swim upstream a little bit this latter part of the, you know, the later part of 2023, re-educating. We've, re we've, right? been, we've been swimming downstream for a while. And now all of a sudden we're like 2023 hit and we were like, oh my God, what are we doing? And yeah. like everything was uphill. Nothing seemed to be easy. Correct. The easy loans weren't easy. And there were more difficult and challenging loans out there because of just trying to trying to do exactly what you said, uh, make payment and cash outlay to get that payment mm -hmm. work for for the buyer that was still trying to buy at that higher rate when their wage has an increase. And that's why I think I say market versus rate being the distraction because the market itself really tells you that we've had housing prices increase at a, at a much faster pace than we've had wages increase, which is the reason why the payment yes. wasn't matching. And then people couldn't come out of pocket with as much money. And so that was the, the, the realization we had in, in 23 and how we tried to accomplish it was coming up with more creative strategies and putting square pegs in around holes. Well, and to make it even harder for you, you had to account for the rise in taxes, the rise in insurance <laughs> went through the roof, right? Insurance did, yes. And so thank goodness for the homestead exemption. Yes. Uh, the new, the new one, yeah. the new one. Um, I'm waiting for that cap on my rental properties. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if they're going to give us investors any caps. <laughs> oh, I had one that was really painful this yeah. year. <laughs> um, but anyway, you know, so so at least we got a little, the homeowners got a little relief on the homestead exemption side. Mm -hmm. But, you know, insurance and taxes just went incredibly high. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you start to look at things like even water or gas prices or things like that, I mean, all of this stuff affects people's ability to buy, you well, know? And I think that was the intent of, of the Fed was we have to increase things at a, a very rapid pace and get them to the point where it slows or stops everything from, from, from trading. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that's their point is they got to slow this thing down so quickly. And, and that becomes the, the challenge with insurance or, or taxes or, or, or property values or whatever. It just, it's it's hard to to slow something down when you have so many people that are moving in. We're just going to have a natural cycle of people buying. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what rates are. People have to have shelter, 
right? They have to be able to do that sure. and, and you can't really stop it. Yeah, but we got to have some more affordable housing for people, especially in, in Texas when we haven't, when our standard of living is stayed at a certain you know rate sure. and our yeah. housing prices have, have exceeded what, what buyers can afford. I mean, would you rather have housing prices come down or wages go up? Wait, just go out. Exactly. And, and I mean, that, that's, that's, yeah. the, I mean, we're going to always have, and I think that's the, the supply and demand, you know, economics sure. 101, right? We have, we have a whole lot more demand than we have supply. And, and I honestly don't see a lot of that changing too quickly in, 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 in 2024. We're going to have more supply yeah. or more, more um, demand, demand mm -hmm. than, than supply given our current levels and just the amount of people that come into one DFW, but the state of Texas every every day. So kind of, okay, let's kind of move past recapping 2023. Let's, you know, I mean, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I no, just, I I, we yeah. had to set the stage and I think we did kind of a good job recapping what it, what it pretty much looked like. And so the last economic, I've got, I've got some more economic forecasts that I'm going to listen to and attend, in, you know, mm -hmm. this month, but you know, the ones I heard in, in December, it was, you know, of course the feds didn't raise rates at their last fed, you know, their last meeting. Mm -hmm. And their, the prediction is, you know, three-ish right. interest yeah. rate drops oh, yeah. this year. Mm -hmm. Okay. Plus we're entering, you know, this is an election, election year. year. Yep. Yeah. So we're going to have some things roll out to make ourselves look more impressive for re-election, mm -hmm. um, which could trigger, you know, if we have interest rates drop, could tr trigger a little bit of a mini refi boom potentially. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts? Um, and, and, and then also just a more, we're predicting a more robust spring market yeah. for 2024 in exactly. general, because of all the things I just talked about. Yep. So let's kind of break that whole, that was a lot. Let's break that apart a little yeah. bit. Uh, well, thoughts? Yeah. I mean, and you and I know each other really well, and we've had many of conversations. We've done many a podcast together. You know what I'm going to be probably saying is all I see is opportunity. I saw opportunity in 2023. To yes, get, you always say there's, I, I, yes, yeah, but, and I, you're not wrong. No, I mean, thank you. And, and it's really about, that's the only way you can look at this. Just like... I'll tell you about how I feel what what loan officers and agents and everybody need to be doing too. But you know there is just so much opportunity that that was in 2023 to plug those holes and get better operationally so that you can provide a better experience and then you could be more profitable. That's what 23 gave us because we all were like struggling trying to get every single deal done mm -hmm. and and how do we how do we become more efficient to retain profitability? And then in 2024 what we're looking at right now is wow we're going to have a lot of opportunity to talk about interest rates coming down the distraction <laughs> and and people are going to be coming out of their wood coming out of the woodwork to be able to purchase to be able to take advantage of rates in the fives on 30 year fixed rate mortgages possibly oh my gosh could it get into the fours could we see that again you know i mean all that's going to be a topic of conversation yeah this is going to be it's going to be a great year we just have to make sure right that all the planning that we did right in 23 all that planning we did to make sure we knew exactly what we were doing we need to make sure now that our steering wheel and our wheels are pointed in the right direction so the planning that we prepared for is actually driving the vehicle in the right direction because yeah. a lot of people will have all these plans and they're just they're going left and right and straight and backwards they don't know what they're doing they're just trying to execute on all this stuff that they thought about right mm -hmm. all the different crms and all the different marketing and all the different advertising and all the different things that they were getting into and all the tranches of how i'm going to get all this business but they're not really going down the right path and and they they look up and they really didn't accomplish what they thought they could have so it's 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 
Where's that steering wheel pointed? Well, I think you said something incredibly important that we that you kind of I didn't know that you, I don't know if you realize, realize the importance of it. It's the efficiency, um, it, re- retaining efficiency for profitability, right? To mm-hmm. streamline and and I hope that. I hope that assessment and implementation was already done in 2023, right? That realtors need to be running at a very high efficiency rate right now. Uh Uh, Streamline their expenses so that they can retain profitability. You're not wrong because... In January, until we get to spring, it's still dark winter, people. You know, right. I mean, it's going to be a slow. It's going to be a slow yeah. January. It's going to be a slow February. That's just the traditional real estate market, sure. anyway. Th- that's right? no different than any other year. No right. different than any other year. So, I really like what you said about retaining profitability through efficiency, and because I find that we all have tendencies to 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 look at the shiny, the next shiny object, yeah, right? Exactly, and don't look at it as okay. That's a statement for a company. Well, or if you look at it that way, that's fine. Just realize that even if you are a company of one, you're still a company that needs efficiencies. And those efficiencies will bleed into your profitability, right? So whether you're really inefficient as a as a as a realtor and you're not doing the things that are are your highest and best use, making you the most valuable to your client, which is reducing your profitability overall, then you need to find ways to outsource some of that stuff. Join a team, do different things. There's things there that can help you be better for that client and then your profitability and profitability as an individual company of one can mean two different things. It could be profitability from a business perspective or profitability from a quality of life perspective, Mm -hmm. right? Because sometimes there is, sometimes there is a trade in that for all of us. You know, I think uh, this will cause us to see even more. I've seen a lot of realtors with moves with their brokerages right now. Mm -hmm, And I think some of this will trigger even more moves until we get into a busy season again. And we, then they have to kind of sit tight and get through their busy time. Right. Absolutely. And we've seen uh, some brokers have to implement some things to retain their profitability that isn't necessarily to the benefit of the buyer or seller or realtor. Right. So I think that's a really interesting thing. I think, I think everybody needs to take a hard look. If you haven't already, you're a little late for the business planning folks, but you know, are you running efficiently to be able to sustain yourself while we try to get this real estate market up and moving again? Right. And, and so that kind of leads into the conversation about the ground game, right? The Mm -hmm. second, uh, how do you tee yourself up for this, a successful second, third and fourth quarter for 2024? What is your ground game going to look like? And I've had a lot of conversations with realtors lately about, you know, the, the basics and, and, and I, you know, I'm not talking about a CRM. Okay. Yeah, We're not talking about no, that, no. but we are talking about effective open houses, farming neighborhoods. Oh, and I love that. Um, and that's sarcasm. Uh, that <laughs> Netris, <laughs> yeah, that Netris is cutting off remind access. Right, I saw that at yep. the end of January. That makes me super happy because that is an incredibly robust tool. Yep. that they can use. And mm-hmm. and while we all have farming tools we can offer our realtors, they're not as robust mm-hmm. and, and 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 easy intuitive and easy to use as remind. So that was a bit that's a big disappointment. I hope that before January 23rd uh, 21st they rethink that. But let's kind of talk about the ground game a little bit. What are what advice are you giving to realtors right now about their ground game? So uh, again, we've already passed the point of they already have their ground game planned out. Yeah. Right. They already have that done. They did that in 23. I think the, and I'm going to keep this as simple as possible. Get up and do the work. 
Yep. I mean, like literally a lot of people will, what, what's the, it's paralysis by analysis. Mm -hmm. They they really go back to their plan and they really try to analyze every little thing and what am I doing here and how am I doing this? And they look up and half the day's gone and they haven't made their 25 or 30 or 100 calls. They haven't done the work, you know, because they're thinking about, okay, if I do this and I get this, if I do this, this and this, then I can change this. And I'm like, dude, you're not going to get any of that because that's way too much thinking and not enough doing and, and and it's they're like oh you know what you're right just pick up the phone and do make the calls if well, that if that's part of what it is and 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 as simple as it seems even on our side of as an originator if you're not making the calls you're not going to you're not going to get the business if you're not in front of people if you're not having the conversations if you're not doing the small things the big things never add up I love that you said that <laughs> because I think right now in, intentional touches like in December, I did a whole campaign of gratitude, mm -hmm. you know, and with our clients just picking up the phone and saying, and not calling because I I'm asking for a contract or asking yeah. for, you know, it's more of a thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you mm -hmm. for whatever it is, just showing some gratitude. Right? right. And it was amazing. It made me feel really good to get the responses from people. Mm -hmm. Just, they were truly taken aback at the fact that someone took the time just to say, thank you. Without asking. Without asking. Right. And so I think, um, that was just one thing that I saw in December that really kind of reinforced that client touch, right? Mm -hmm. And so it, I think continuing while it's a little slower to be intentional about your relationships with your clients and friends mm -hmm. so that they remember you is super important right now. Absolutely. And it's free. I it's, mean, you're already paying your cell phone bill, right? Right. It, it is. And, and it's, it's like almost, I mean, we do this for each of our companies, but I mean, it's, if we were going to onboard a client, what does that onboarding experience need to look like? Yeah. Right. And actually map that out. Is it, is it a call? Is it an email? Is it a text? Is it a video? I mean, you really have to be structured, but then once you set it, you can forget it because a lot of those things happen or reminders are set. And that's when those, those, those onboarding tasks, so to speak, get done. And then you also have nurture. Yeah. Right. You have an onboarding and you have a nurture. Well, the reason why you, you separate it is because you hopefully have a client for life. And, and, and that doesn't necessarily need to be onboarded every year, but there's certain things that need to happen. And what does that mean? Is that on a quarterly? Is that on a semi-annual, annual basis, depending on the client? You know, that's that's managing your your network, right? So to speak, your database. Um, and and people forget about that. They they don't they don't take care of that part of the business. They just focus on the onboarding side. Sure. And then you have leakage on the backside. Well, it's the the what do, what do they say? Working in your business instead of on. Oh yeah, yeah, on your business. on your business. Yes. So that's is that the am I applying? I'm applying that correctly. Yeah, working. You in, looking at me like I said something wrong. Well, I always get that mixed up in the force of the trees or trees of the forest. Stuff. Oh, got it. Okay, <laughs> you okay, know okay. Do that. Right. So it wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't you. It was me. <laughs> Um, okay, let's take, is there, in, and I'm not, let's see if we have an answer to this question. I'm kind of sitting here going, I don't know if I have an answer. Um, what pivots do you think we could have done better in 2023 or should try to reapply for 2024 successfully? Yeah, I mean, do my, we have an answer to that? Well, my big pivot is, is I, I hope we as a, as an industry just don't, we don't focus only on the, on the distraction, the rate, because the rate is never the reason why people should buy or shouldn't buy. Right. I mean, it's really understanding the market and the decisions people have to make in that particular market and the benefits that come from making that decision. 
right? What's that outcome from that? And that takes a lot. I mean, it's so easy just to market rate. It's so easy to say, hey, I can get you this rate at this APR. And realtors who really aren't even supposed to quote rates are out there quoting rates. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I just wish that we would focus on on the the bigger educational piece. I was talking to a, um, what is that? It's the Gen Y or whatever it is, the generation that are, I don't know, I, I get those You're confused. You're so hard I'm right getting, now, Bob. I'm getting too old for all these generations. It's, it's the one that's like 25, 24 years yeah. old, right? And I was asking, I'm like, do you guys really even understand like what if rates are higher, rates are low? Sure. And she goes, Bob, you guys talk us out of buying homes all the time. And I'm like, right? Interesting. Right? She goes, I go, right? All we do is tell you how high rates are. And she goes, yes. She goes, I'm in the industry and I talk to my friends who are getting out of college and are in college. They don't understand if the rates are higher, rates are low. They go back to your point, Tamara, which is how much cash do I have to trade to get the mm -hmm. payment where I want? They don't understand the rate game. Uh -huh. And so we've only, we've done this to ourselves. So interesting. Yeah, it was. It was a great, it was a great eye-opening experience because that's what I believed. But then I, I, you know, having confirmation from someone in that generation tells Tells, tells me at least that is so spot on. And the people that are, have bought homes before, they get that they've bought, you know, four, five, six homes, whatever, whatever it is, right? Over the years, they understand that too. You know, they understand yeah. that rates are going to be higher, rates are going to be low, take sure. advantage of it, all that stuff. But that generation who's the single largest generation coming up to purchase homes that's going to crush us, right? This is so exciting. Why are we telling them rates are high? We have to get past. And, and I don't, I struggle with it myself, right? Uh -huh. Like we have to get past this COVID pandemic mindset that we have, but we keep tripping we up keep with it. We keep talking about it. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. So 2024, my, I'm going to write this down. Okay. Like my 2024 start is going to be no more COVID pandemic conversations. I love it. But I love it. to your point, okay, to yeah. your point, we got to quit talking people out of stuff. And I think we got to quit giving leverage to what we hear on the national news, right? We've always, like, I love Nick Good, Nick Good, Brian Forrest, Matt Kelderman, yep. the only real estate podcast guys worth listening to. I love that they always, always say it's a good time to buy a house. It doesn't matter what market it is. Right. They always say it's a good time to buy a house. And they're 100% correct. It is a good time to buy a home. Now, for the right person and the right strategy, for the right, I mean, all that stuff, it is a good time, mm -hmm. right? People are going to tell you if rates go to 5 and 4% and all that stuff, that it's going to be a great time to buy. But for who? Right? Yes, it's going to be a good time. But the person that doesn't have the ability to pay twenty-five dollars or $30,000 over the asking price because there's more competition because it brought so many people back into the market, yep. is it a good time for that person? And when rates drop, that's exactly right, that's what's going to happen again. Right. Is it a good time for that person? Well, somebody would say no. Right. Right? Because they couldn't buy. They should have bought when rates were higher because there's less competition. But people are saying rates are too high. Wait till they come down. It's always a good time to buy. It's always a good time to buy. Okay. Before we wrap up, one last question. What should we leave the realtor audience with today? Wow. Last what, minute uh, advice. Okay. Um, this, is, this is the absolute best time to be in this industry. We have people that are leaving that should be leaving the industry mm -hmm. and the good ones are going to become great. If you focus on the market, not the distraction, you really do your work 
not think about your work. Get out there and bust your butt every single day. Build your brand. Build your business. Take care of the client. Fill the fill the 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 holes with with everything that you did in 2023. They're ready to roll. So be excited. Communicate it. Be gracious mm-hmm. and have gratitude because mm-hmm. we're lucky enough to be in it yep. the way we are every day. And and I think you know at the end of the day, if you just put your head down and come out fighting every day and and you do your work, it, it's going to be good. There's going to be plenty of buyer opportunities out there, plenty of seller opportunities out there. You just got to go get it. Yeah, I think I'm going to leave them with top of mind. Just stay top of mind. Do whatever effort you need to do to stay in top of mind with your mm-hmm. people right now. And you do a hell of a job with that. Oh, sorry, I said hell. Of a... <laughs> That's okay. That's an acceptable cuss word. <laughs> you, do, you do a heck of a job uh, too, with Bob. staying top of mind. I mean, I love the podcast. I, all the micro clips are very informative. Um, I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, when people look at who they choose to do business with um, as strategic partners in, in this industry, uh, you have to be at the top of their of their list from a title perspective because you're bringing value, not just from title, but you're taking the time to educate the industry, mm-hmm. bring value to them that could change one person's life. And that's the thing that most people get fearful of is they think they got to change everybody's life with a podcast or a speech or whatever. No, just change one person's life. And that mm-hmm. one person has the ability to change one. And that's the domino effect. And I think you do one heck of a job at it. I feel the same way about you, Bob. And we're going to do a podcast in that TED Talk studio one of these days yeah. because that's the one I want really bad. I really want to do one there <laughs> that, y'all, that studio y'all found. So anyway, Thank you for joining me and being such a great partner as well. I, yeah, I really appreciate you and I really appreciate all your wisdom that you're willing to share all the time. Let's rock 2024, Tamara. That's right, Bob. Cheers. So thank you for joining us on another episode. Again, I'm your host, Tamara Gady. If you like my content, you're really going to love my escrow team. So let's get a conversation going about your title needs and make it a great day.